Welcome to the Rural Leaders Podcast, brought to you by Scottish Enterprise. I'm your host, Jane Craigie. Once a month, we will bring you an interview with one of the 650 people strong alumni from the Rural Leadership Programme. This month, we talk to Andrew Sterling, an entrepreneur who describes himself as cavalier. I see him more as an industrious maverick who's not afraid to take risks. Andrew runs a farming and vegetable processing business in Angus with his wife, Anita, and their four children. Hi, Andrew. Good to speak to you. Hi, Jane. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. The Sterling's business has evolved from a pure farming enterprise to one that washes, dices and packs vegetables. Historically, it's sold into public procurement for school and hospital meals. The business now supplies a range of processed, part-cooked and cooked vegetables into Aldi and Lidl. And the latest addition is a cooking line which produces a range of mashed potato products including chorizo, cheese and black pudding, which is sold via farm shops and independent retailers. The product lasts up to six weeks compared to others on the market that have a shelf life of five to seven days. And the most recent addition to the farm is a vending machine farm shop. I asked Andrew, over the years of growth, how the business has changed. There's... There's 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 quite a lot of anomalies. Um, the business just slowly got larger and larger. We did have to do a reasonable amount of investment when we we think that Aldi were happy with us, so we expanded so that we could cope with their orders to make sure we didn't let them down. We increased the size of the sheds. We also tried with some second-hand equipment on the cook side and have expanded that, and we just generally expanded self-financing, bank loaning, working fine. Now, right at this very moment, would I do it all again? I don't know. Am I getting too old? I don't know. But I'm just looking today and seeing that the interest rates have gone up again. I see the energy costs. I can't even figure out what's six months' time, which I think is quite scary. Not only do I am I going to have to put up prices, but the danger there is that I put the prices up, but the customer can't afford it. He folds, and you're in trouble as well. So there's a whole host of problems at the moment. And unfortunately, I'm I'm not a politician, but I just can't understand what is going on in the country because, in relative terms, for me, it all comes from energy, and that's where all the costs come from. And Put up interest rates seems to me that even the Bank of England doesn't understand what the major issue is. How's that affecting your planning? It, it's, it's a, I give you an example. We have uh, found a machine that can help us expand uh, and pack and cut out four employees. It will cost about 200,000. Was, it was a no-brainer. Yep, let's go forward. Because, not to get rid of people, but because we're struggling to get people. And this looked like a really good idea. I won't get it until next March because everything takes five, six months. And then you start to think, should I be spending this? Where will I be in six months' time? Do I really want to do it? So in general terms, this really, really puts the brakes on. I, I am quite cavalier. My... My kids are both active and, and, and want to go ahead with it, but I do have a deep concern. I do think, underlyingly, we may go through difficult periods, but 
some pet, somebody will sort things out because it will not manage to continue or we will implode. So in relative terms, I think I have to look at the long term and just be confident that things will be okay. You describe yourself as cavalier. I think you're far from cavalier. I think you're very entrepreneurial and, and, you, and, and taking opportunities and risks doesn't seem to frighten you. Where do you think that comes from? Um, I, I actually don't know. I, I look at it and I, I, think, I, I think my father, when I farmed with my father, um, for many years, um, we, we farmed and things were good. But then we, I, I started to see that, you know, really, and with respect to farming, farming is, 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 uh, is not cash rich. So that was always a difficulty from that point of view. And how do you get closer to the customer? And whenever I came up with an idea, my father was always keen to try. He was very traditional. And for instance, he put up a couple of silage tires because he could see it was going to make better silage and et cetera, et cetera. And it had, he had to invest heavily in it. And it did, but it had a lot of machinery and there was various reasons that I could put somebody for not doing it. But he was never slow at coming forward. I wanted to do pigs. We did pigs. We did, we were milking cows for 30 years. So, so we did a lot of these things. Um, and I, I think probably just that, that, that leadership my father gave me and allowing me to try things, I think that pushed it forward. And then once you get a taste of the excitement of getting a new idea and, and it actually working, um, and, and probably the other thing underlyingly, you kind of have to look for something that you really believe is a good product. If you really believe it's a good product and it's going to help somebody, then go for it. Um, but you're going to have to work very hard. You said there something that I think is very true knowing you. It's very true to your personality, which is helping people. Um, I, I, I sense from you, having spoken to you many times, that people, partnerships and, and the relationships that you form from your own family to your local community to the retailers and, and other part, partners that you deal with is really important to you. Is that the case? And if it is, why? I, I, I think partnerships are really good. Um, I think uh, consistency is really good. And it, it's one of the things we do in the business. If we're working with people and it's working for them and it's working for us, I often don't hardly see these people, and I should be spending time with them, but we're all busy. And, and I think if you're fair with somebody, and an example is where I've spoken to haulage firms and said, right, can you do X, Y, or Z for me? And they'll say, and I'll say, how much will it be a ton because I'm doing a tender? And they'll say, oh, well, I think I, think I can do it for £20. I'll say, well, what do you mean, think? Do you need 25 Because I want you to be there next year and the year after. And if you can get that, into the people you're dealing with and they have a good scenario and it all works for you and you pass it down the line that you're doing a quality product and people can count on you, then I think that's important. I think it's important with the people that, who are around you. You're trying to share um, whatever's happening, trying to improve wages, their lifestyle, trying to um, do things like that. We, my wife and I, I, I work all the time with my wife. She works alongside me, and uh, no doubt she's an important part. And, and probably some of the things that you think's me is probably her. It's the one that's actually in the background. 
but we've had four we have four children we've been very lucky so it is good to try and put something back we've enjoyed we we enjoy sport so it's nice to sponsor local cricket football rugby teams just to see young folk get a chance just to get a new football strip i remember when i played what it was like if you got new kit during the two years of the pandemic Andrew supplied 55,000 meals to local soup kitchens and food banks, and he's now looking to supply his own staff with potatoes, onions and other processed veg to help them during what will be a difficult winter. I like to think you get it back as well. I think inevitably you do, and I, 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 I think there's a really good story you told me about um, some employees that you have that came from the Eastern Bloc of Europe um, and how you have now multiple generations of that family working in your business, which I think is testament to how you embrace the people that you work with. Just tell us that story, Andrew. Yeah, we, we, we have, we have um, there's a couple work for us. We found them basically sleeping in the corridor of our office, waiting to see somebody in the morning if they could get a job. And in relative terms, two of them are, are they're both husband and wife. They're the head supervisor. One's on the wash potato line. One's running the, the prep room area. Um, they have a daughter who came over here with them. And um, she um, has now started working for us. She's doing the, the farm shop and she's also working with some son on the retail match. And they now stay in one of our houses and, and are, are very much part of our business and and we we have other ones as well but we like to think that for the good people and if they see it there's good opportunity and we try and try and yeah try and get it to work because it's 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 nice to see people do well and and sometimes i look at it and it's almost in the car park when i see some nice cars starting to drop and i think that's good it's not everybody spends their money in a car and i'm not saying that's the correct thing to do but it just gives you a good feeling to think, yeah, that's good. And then, and then people, where have they been on holiday and they've gone away on holiday? So I think that's important. And you touched earlier on the challenges that your business is facing. So interest rates, energy, and uh, and I know labour has been a constant challenge for you. Um, what frightens you about the coming years? Probably that... I'm wanting to get out of this and pass it on to my kids. But at the same time, with age comes knowledge. I don't want to interfere, but at the same time, it's going to be a difficult time. I think we are going to have to continue and invest in robotics. I think it's the nature of the beast. If the country is not going to allow people to come in and, and take a challenge on and you know build themselves up. i give you an example. The way I look at it is if we were to bring half a million people in from India, we would be helping that country from the bottom up. If the way I see it at the moment, our governments help countries like India and Pakistan, etc. And we read about it to help them because they're starving, they've got problems, issues. And at the same time, they've got a space program. Now, I'm not saying they shouldn't, but that's the government who possibly are not investing in the right direction. So it's a little bit which is quite topical about... Um, was it Biden saying about uh, trickle down uh, and 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 it should be from the bottom up? So I I, I think that's a way in, in a way of trying to create an argument 
of why people should come into this country. One, if they're working here, they pay taxes, which goes towards our NHS, etc. And two, we're also then helping another country because they will put money back to that country. And I think prime examples, in a way, is Latvia, Poland, some of the Eastern Bloc countries. We're wondering why they're not coming back. It's because the EU's actually worked. We've actually helped these people. They've, 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 they've taken the money from my country and they've invested in their country. And now they are fast becoming as good as what we are. And you've told me what frightens you. What gives you hope both for the future of, of you know, I suppose, local communities, your, your business sector, but also your own business? Because every morning when I get out, the sun gets up, it shines. And we're here at night time. And every day there's a challenge. And I just spoke to a potato buyer, um, and he does a whole lot, and he's been doing it for 30, 40 years. And one of the things he said to me when we were running a business, particularly supply and Aldi, he said, you will wake up in the middle of the night, and you'll be in a cold sweat, and it'll be because you have too many potatoes, or you don't have enough potatoes. And he said, and sometimes you wake up twice with both thoughts in your head. But you know what? We're there the following year, and and... The most important thing is is our health. So regardless of what happens, in a, a very easy manner, your health count, counts most, and we will be there tomorrow. And I think it's just trying to put over that positive side. I, I'm told by my kids I'm grumpy all the time. That's maybe because I carry a bit on my shoulders and, don't, and they think the world's great. But genuinely, I, I think uh, health matters most, and, and, that, and hopefully that creates a good atmosphere. I agree. And, you know, this podcast is going to go out to rural leaders. So I think it's important to ask you a couple of questions about um, about business and leadership. And my first question is, what advice would you give to someone thinking about diversifying into a new enterprise or business? Well, first, first and foremost, I think I touched on before, is you, you really need to have a product that's slightly different, something that's different from what's out there, because... Yes, if it's the same as somebody else, that's fine. But you can end up in a race to the bottom because there's a whole lot of people producing that nice product and then it just becomes cheaper and cheaper and not viable. I think you have to have something that you really believe in. If you really believe in it, then follow your dream. You're going to have to work very hard. Be prepared to work all the hours, take all the calls. If something's going wrong, don't ignore it. Deal with it. Take the phone call. Face up to it. I, th- I think that is one of actually one of the things I didn't mention is 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 keeping an open mind and and one of the things that we've always done in our business when we have folk come in to work for us whatever I say to them look remember I was I I am a farmer I plowed fields I don't know how to do these things so if you see a better idea please share it and I think it's keeping an open mind and listening to people that's also really important to uh, not think that you know everything. Yeah, and I think one thing that I would add to that is travel. You know, if you get out, it doesn't matter if it's nationally or internationally or even into another community or another business, you learn so much by seeing how others do things and, and also how they think about what they're doing. Yeah, I, I know, absolutely. It, it is because you can, if, the, the danger is you have people all around you telling you you're doing a great idea and you're a great job. Yeah, very, very, very good advice. And and then my final question, Andrew, is how do you make family businesses work? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that that's that's a very good 
question, very good question. Make family businesses work by sitting down at the table every week or every month and discussing openly what the problems or the issues are. Um, because otherwise, you can end up in trouble. Um, you don't. Some people speak out, some people don't. So you don't want it festering in the family. And I think if you discuss ideas, you if there's three or four, you maybe decide that you're going to have a vote. So if one wants to do it, or two wants to do it, you make decisions that way. But I think that the most important thing in the family is, is to talk and to share and be fair. Very good advice. And and just a final point on the Rural Leadership Programme and, and the alumni, the 650 of us now have been through the programme. What would be your hopes for that community um, and its impact on, on the rural um, economy of Scotland? I think it's something that's really good. And I think now we've gotten out of COVID, it's quite important we try and get some things back so we can meet up together. I think some of the, the, the really good parts of the rural leadership is, yes, they're teaching us ideas and, and depending on your background, some of it's new, some of it's not. But it's also the people you meet. It's really, really important. And it's people you can turn to. I'm now turning to rural leaders who were in my daughter's class. And it's people she's made friends with. Now, we've got vending machines in our farm shop. And the reason for that was because Jessica met somebody on a rural leadership course who decided to go down that route. She leans on people down on the West Coast, uh, all over. And now I'm hopeful my son, uh, James, who's 21, will go on this course at the moment. And he was like, I'm not going on that course. I've just had a, I think he had a, a, a meeting with a heap of people and he, and he said, they're all 30 plus. And I said, well, son, that's young, but they're going to be people you're going to know for the rest of your life. And I think the rural leader thing, that's one of the most important ones is, is point of contact. Brilliant, Andrew. Thank you so much. Good to speak to you. Thank, Thank you. you. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this conversation with Andrew. To keep in touch with the Scottish Enterprise Rural Leadership Alumni, interviews and insights, sign up to the Rural Anchor Group on LinkedIn and keep up to speed with news via our monthly newsletter. Thanks for listening. 